0: Thanks for tuning in to the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. You are on episode 13. I am Josh Roop, along with my co-captain, as always. Scott Larson. And we're bringing you the latest and greatest news, which is actually very much picked
1: up lately. So where should we start, Scott? Uh, I think we should start off with San Diego, although I wish I could go to San Diego Comic-Con. Um, it doesn't seem to be happening this year. And uh it seems that Stern is making a big push at Comic-Con, which I think is a great move for them.
0: I totally agree. It's
1: awesome that they
0: are getting a lot of the material out there. That would be Comic-Con worthy too. Last year, wasn't Deadpool out before Comic-Con last year and they had it there?
1: Yeah, I think that they were certainly pushing it and it, it resonates very well with the Comic-Con crowd theme. Like, you know, just their, their characters and their cosplays and everything. I think it works really well for them. And, uh, if Stern is going to, well, any pinball company really is trying to branch out. The challenge is you need to be true to your core fans, which is great. I, doing things like uh, replay FX, uh, Expo, uh, going to um, going to Texas, that's great. You're also you tend to get the same echo chamber. You tend to get the same people who are going and seeing, and most of them will know the news whether or not they go to the show uh if you go to a a show that the san diego comic-con is huge i've never been comic-cons have never really been my thing but i appreciate that there are tons of people who are highly invested in and quite literally spend a boatload of money on their hobbies yes so if you are going to try to branch out and to really reintroduce pinball to the masses I think that's a great place to go.
0: Well, and what is, so we're talking Deadpool was last year. What
1: are, what's, what are we getting this year? Well, we actually just got a leak, um, that we saw posted and everyone thought it was Keith Elwin's game. And it looks like the star Wars home edition. So, uh, I think it actually works out really well for the comic con crowd. Uh, I, I think it's more accessible for the the casual player. Although, still the the home pin, it's still a luxury item. I, I know that pinball fans and people who have machines in their own house, they tend to be dismissive of these type of projects, just because it's not your it's not your location ready uh, pinball machine. It typically, doesn't have a coin door. Typically, it doesn't have a way of operating it, um, and in many ways, people feel this is the, the ultra light version of pinball, which is true on some ways. However, it's also, if they're going to sell to different markets, you need to offer different products. And even a $4,000 pinball machine is a luxury, it's a, it's a luxury item I mean, that it you is. can get it. You can get a used car for $4,000, not a great car, but you can get a used car one and if you think about the average income, average disposable income that people have, that's a that's a big chunk of change. So when Salt Lake was allowed to call their
0: comic book convention Comic Con, they were getting very big actors. They still are as Fanex, but back when it was Comic Con, they got Chris Evans, aka Captain America, to come out, and it was two hundred bucks to meet him. You could meet him along with Anthony Mackey, aka the Falcon, or Haley At- Atwell which was Captain America's love interest from the first movie. She went on to get her own TV series. Um, but at 200 bucks, that's just to meet one person and get a picture. And you had tons of these people. You had uh, Ian Summerhalder from Vampire Diaries. I don't watch Vampire Diaries. It's not my cup of tea. My wife does. But it was still 70 bucks to meet the dude. You can't tell me these people aren't going to Comic Cons and not dropping five, th- 500 to $1,000. Easily, just meeting people. I think these people that go to these comic cons are a little—they got a little cash in their pocket. If they walk up to a Star Wars pinball machine, it's a little more accessible. This home pin than—or not home pin, sorry. This home edition. We don't want to confuse it with Thunderbirds. <laughs> but I think it's right. more accessible than than say Deadpool, that's at fifty eight hundred compared to the four thousand. That's just my take on it. I mean, there's people walking around with tons of money at those things.
1: Yeah, and and really, um, my uh, my cousin, uh, my, my sister went to my cousin's house, and they have a really really nice house with all the toys and bells and whistles. I, I didn't go, but she came back and she said they have a pinball machine. And I said, "Oh, wh- which one is it?" And she said, "It's Ghostbusters." And I thought, I totally understand why they bought a Ghostbusters. The Ghostbusters is is beautiful. It, um, I think, it resonates with. Uh, people because of the theme, and they're not going to notice all the the challenges with the Ghostbuster game that we notice as, as uh, I guess, regular pinball players. So I think that having a home version with a theme that's quite accessible, I think that you will get some people who will buy something for their rec room. And, and if, you, if you look at other, what are other rec room options, the, we've talked about this before. Um, the arcade one up standalone things that you put people buy those and what they're like 300, $350. And so they can actually have that into their, um, into their game room. And if you're buying, and again, some, the, the arcade guys are so dismissive of these, these reproductions, these emulators, because it's not the real thing. However, I, I look at that and say, Look, I I don't want to spend a thousand dollars, fifteen hundred dollars, two thousand dollars for a genuine Donkey Kong machine because it's even though I think it's really cool that takes up a big footprint, and these smaller ones you can fit more into a smaller space and still get your get your giggles that way, um, and so. It's the same type of thing that you can fit a, a similar product into a home market that's never intended to go to tournament play. It's never really intended to go on location, but it's someone who wants a fun thing for their home arcade. And are you telling me that people aren't interested in Star Wars Memorabilia? I was just at Disneyland and they just opened Star Wars Land and the entire place is basically one uh, like one marketer's dream for Star Wars and there's one ride. And there is yep. a full on um first order stormtrooper outfit that you can buy for over six thousand dollars. That's a costume. Yep. And that people is. will buy that. Not many, but enough to make it worth it. Well case in point, we've talked about this a couple
0: times over the 13 episodes that Star Wars may not be considered one of the best pinball machines made in the last however long. It's very bipolar in the hobby. But you talk to operators, it's the number one earning pinball machine out on location. I see it at more places that should have pinball machines that don't, like bowling alleys. We went to a bowling alley there in Orem a month or two ago, and there was a there was a Star Wars pinball machine in there. And two buildings down at the nickelcade, there was a Star Wars machine in there. And you know what I'm saying? Like it seems like almost if you're operating you have a star wars on location because they rake in so much money so these people that are on the fence of buying a pinball machine you drop two grand off the price it suddenly becomes more appealing and a lot of these people are trying just to get one in their home aren't looking at what's the rules what's the uh code what's the you know what i'm saying i mean this thing we're looking at the pictures it's a Pretty much the exact replica of the Spider-Man slash Supreme layout. I mean, the inserts are in the same places. It's to a T. It's a home edition based off those other two games, and so it's going to shoot fun. It's going to be a fun playing game, but if you base off the other two games, so I I just don't see why this is a big deal. Maybe to us collectors, it is, but we're going to see Jurassic Park or Jurassic World whatever the keith elwin rumored game is we're going to see it in two months i weeks. thought it was
1: golden girls too golden girls we've, too. Talk, we've talked golden girls we've talked hello kitty <laughs> actually you know what I, okay this is true did you see uh keith elwin posted on his facebook uh, update that he was celebrating the uh the moon landing and so here's my prediction it's going to be the sequel to orbiter one you know what
0: that man I bet could take over One and actually make it fun. He so could, yeah, I think he
1: could. Uh, it would be cha- challenge accepted. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> challenge offered. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna do a hard a hard pass on that one. Okay, um, well, we'll offer that up and let's yeah. see what he says. Yeah, um, but I, I I think it works. And really, there are so many things about my machine that the machines that I have here that I don't need. I mean, I don't need a coin door. I, I, there's yeah. there's so many things about it that I... it's They're luxury items. I bought a topper for a few hundred bucks because I thought it looked cool. It has nothing to do with the, play, the playability of the game. Um, and so if there's just ways that you can get it out into the public, it's going to be better in the long run. So uh, it's... Uh, I think that for most pinball um, aficionados, this is not your game. But I think this is an attempt... To get a bigger footprint into the masses, and I think it's a great it's a great license. I mean, Star Wars always sells. Yep. Well, and here's the other thing too. So I've been doing some
0: research. We've known for a couple of days that the uh, Star Wars Home Editions come out. Been coming out. Uh, we don't honestly us as the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast don't get very many tips.
1: This is the one that's been floating around the last couple of days. So I've done been doing yeah, some yeah. research. We, we're not. We're not exclusive. <laughs> this no. uh, this kind of started leaking very easily a couple days ago. And so we're like, oh, okay. Well, all right. Yeah.
0: And so I've been doing my research. I mean, okay, let's let's take Supreme out of the mix because Supreme is just an anomaly by itself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So let's take Supreme out. So the only other home edition that's based exactly off of this is Spider-Man Home Edition. Spider-Man Home and, well, Edition. Well, there's
1: also the Transformers. Transformers. Oh.
0: I didn't know that. So, Mm -hmm. well, I was looking that up. You do have an Iron Man Home Edition, but it's called Iron Man Classic, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of based off of the Iron Man game. But anywho, so, with Spider-Man Home Edition, um, they're hard to find. Like, you look on Pinside, there's no historical data on sales, and when you do look for it, you have to look under the archives of, like, actual forum topics. Most of them have been selling anywhere from about $3,200 to $3,500. Yeah. I mean, that, for a fourth, holds its value. Holds its value. Yep. That's for a $4,000 pinball machine. That isn't bad. You're losing more money when you buy the other games like Munsters. I, I see those dropping down to $4,500 right now just so people get rid of them.
1: See, they're all going to be home use only. <laughs> By definition, it's going to be home use only. And it's probably going to have very low plays. And so, really, it's not going to be beat up too much. Exactly. So I, I think this is a win for Stern. I, I think it's it's another product and another arrow in their quiver that they can actually get out there. Um, I think that, and even uh, even some of the top ranked players said actually shooting that thing is kind of fun. Like uh, Keith yeah. was talking about, he and Josh have a great time like chasing each other's scores on Supreme. And guess what? That is, a, it's, Okay, so it's not as deep as a Keith Johnson rule set, but it's, it doesn't matter. Is it, you know, is it kinetically pleasing? Do you like hitting the shot and seeing it move around? Is it uh, fire off the dopamine receptors in your brain? That's really what it matters. So yep. yeah. here here's my, here's my guess. We're going to see the
0: first two weeks. We're going to see people scream and yell, this sucks. This isn't our cup of tea, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And then people are going to start getting their hands on these things. They're going to start getting their friends going to get one. Uh, someone they know is going to get one. I I, I um, really
1: don't think you're going you're going to see too many pinball people get them. I I think real uh, like people who are invested in the hobby. I think that they do just kind of pass this one by. Uh, I think it is going to be game uh, geared more toward you know the Costco crowd or the uh, or the game room crowd. Um, I I I would be surprised if any uh if any serious collectors actually buy it but i could be wrong on that my attitude is if i have four thousand dollars or five thousand dollars i'm probably going to try to go buy um a used uh, a used routed game
0: yeah but, but my point being is maybe I think, i'm wrong i think they get out into the wild and the people that start getting their hands on them um i think they're going to start saying that it's a fun shooting game mm-hmm. i think i don't know i don't think it'll it'll be better than the S- star wars that came out but it
1: could be i mean without no, bipolar no. you don't
0: you don't think nah. so there's just it's just I, too many I, I bipolar so. reviews I,
1: I think what it is well it i think what the the challenge with the star wars is it's very nuanced i mean the rule set is completely complex um there's some shots that are difficult and even high level players have uh, a difficult time hitting some of the shots. Um, it has certainly an interesting launch. However, this is, I still view this as kind of a gateway pin. Um, this is a, a first pin that people may buy and they say, Hey, that's kind of fun. I wonder what else is out there. Um, yep. th- th- this game's not going to take any risks. It's going to be very straightforward and it's, it's fun, but on a, on a superficial level, it's, it's a, it's a gateway pin.
0: I agree. So let's let's release this bad boy and see what happens. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh, in other news, uh, they are at the uh, Comic-Con selling a limited edition uh, Black Knight uh, record. And I want to get a hold of one of these bad boys. I have shamelessly begged on Pinside with every Stern employee that I'm friends with. And Steve Ritchie said, I have a great way uh, for you to get it go to the convention. So, (laughs) so if anyone's at the convention and they hear this and they still have one of these hundred bad boys available, buy it, send it to me and I will pay you for it. He might even switch you out for a hat. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I I will, I will send you a hat and payment. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm not looking for charity. I'm just asking for a cool blue album. So, you know it, man? Yeah, I think it's a booth five, five Oh one. So, least i think that's right <laughs> i don't know well, look up on. look up stern if you're listening to this podcast you can find stern you know what? all right well yeah. moving on i want to talk
0: about a subject now that i am super excited about that no one else seems to be talking about and maybe it's because no one else gives a crap <laughs> yeah so, yeah okay go ahead okay so one week ago this week Is in it? pinball D-
1: D- 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 yes D- D- they
0: dropped the information that a teenage mutant a turtles pinball machine is being worked on all rumored
1: i think it's a brilliant move josh you need to set your sights higher i mean man you you, you and you and jeff rivera you can both go in on le and you can have your little namaste moment uh i i'm sorry like I I understood them back in the day, but now when I look at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and yes, everybody's going to hate on my 80s nostalgia, but hey, I'm a child of the 80s, and so I can look at how ridiculous some premises are. This this cartoon is based on Ninja Turtles who live in a sewer. Who's a rat? Is a is their sensei? And I don't even know what Shredder does. Like, what's the point of Shredder besides besides having all these? Um, these droids that for some reason these turtles try to kill it it is mind-bogglingly crazy and there's there's um, the turtles love interest slash human contact is a movie reporter with a camera and then there's some weird vigilante that jumps around and starts beating things up casey jones i seriously i do not like get the premise of this it is by far the most ridiculous premise i've heard Well, I'll tell you why it's so brilliant.
0: You ready for this? Okay, go ahead. So Ninja Turtles originally started out as a joke. They wrote the comic book to make fun of everything big in the 80s. They wrote it because um, Daredevil was huge at the time. Uh, The actual ninja clan that they fight in Daredevil is called The Hand. Ninja Turtles, it's The Foot. Uh, X-Men was huge, so that's why they did The Mutant. Uh, Teen Titans... And New Mutants, which is both teen comic books, were huge at the time, so they decided to make it Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles went on to be the biggest merchandise-selling product as a superhero thing from the 80s. By 1994, it it had sold $6 billion worth of merchandise. So you've not only got people from the 80s that grew up, that was born in the 70s, grew up through the 80s, enjoying this product they loved it so much it's always been around since then too it died off a little bit but they did have the cartoon series in the early 2000s and then nickelodeon bought it up and decided to resurrect the merchandise beast they've been doing toys they've been doing crazy stuff they did their new series that went 10 seasons and was critically acclaimed it had big names doing the voices uh the gentleman that's from american pie the main actor from american pie did it along with uh sam uh, Gamgee or what's his name Frodo's best friend from uh Samwise Northern. Gamgee yes so he did Raphael's voice Um uh, Rob Paulson who originally did Raphael's voice in Wait, 80s what?
1: oh wasn't what's his name uh one of the uh Corey Haim or no Corey Feldman wasn't he one of the the turtles or that like is that way back in the day that might be way back in the day wow so but here's
0: here's the genius of this theme, though, too, because, yes, there's tons of it. There, we've got the goofy, campy 80s version. You've got the comic book version that's dark. You've got the new series, which is more sci-fi fantasy. The wonderful part about this, in almost every, well, not every Ninja Turtles, uh, since the 2000s, there's been an episode, because the Turtles are known for jumping dimensions. Um, they end up meeting themselves from the comic books. They end up meeting themselves from the 80s. So you could easily mix them all together if you want to, one pinball machine. I don't know. The merchandise yeah. is crazy for this too. I mean, walk into Walmart,
1: what is it that you can buy your kids t-shirts? You can oh, buy them... No, I, I totally understand it. It's, it's just one of those themes that does not connect with me. I, I, I would rather have a He-Man, She-Ra ma- uh, mashup than uh, have a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle thing. However, I, I, I brought up the arcade one-up games And they announced that they're coming back with Teenage Mutant Ninja Trolls. And I actually do want to buy that one because I thought the game was fun.
0: I'm telling you, dude, I think there's so many different aspects to this that it's insane. And I'm not even thinking of how you could set up the game. I'm just thinking of how it's a smart idea to make this game because it's recognizable to kids. It's recognizable
1: to adults. It's a smart theme. I totally get it. I I guess that the want want for me is that it just does not connect with me as a theme um, on many levels. But Again, I've said it before. Not every game is for every every market. I'm just not the market for it. Well, and the nice part is
0: Kevin Eastman's the original creator of Ninja Turtles, one of the original creators. Kevin Eastman's still in, heavily involved, even since Nickelodeon's bought it. And so I guarantee he's probably going to be involved somehow with this pinball machine. And he's the kind of dude that's just like,
1: whatever we can do, let's throw it in it. And. Well, th- just those those are the games that you get the best of. I think think Metallica, think ACDC, think the games where they step back and say, "Hey, make me a good game." As opposed to, well, we don't like the way that is. You know, the ones who back off and let the creators do everything they tend to be the best games. So, if if that is their approach, then I think they're gonna they're gonna get a big push for that.
0: So my question is, and I doubt, I doubt. Anyone won't have any of these answers. Do you think, because they just released uh, the 96... No, 93rd issue of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the comic book. They introduced a fifth Ninja Turtle. <laughs> Do you think they're going to involve her in the pinball machine?
1: No. Yeah, I, I think it'll be not. classic. Figured... It, it'll be classic 80s. It'll be kind of like Ghostbusters. When Ghostbusters came out, they didn't focus on the new team. They focused on the classic 80s theme because... Those are the, you have to know the markets and the markets are for game rooms typically are 40 to 50 year old guys who grew up on this. And so uh, they're going to chase the money. It's it's not about anything else. It's just chasing the money. And if you're making a product that has the five Ninja Turtles, a 40 year old guy is going to look at that and say, that's not the turtles I remembered. There's nothing wrong with it, but it just doesn't connect with them on the emotional level. And so it's going to be classic. If they're, if they're smart, they'll make it classic.
0: I think so too. I think it'll solely be based on probably the eighties. There might be an interdimensional mode that involves the rest of the turtles. I really don't know. I don't want to overthink it and then get myself hyped and then create this vicious cycle. So I'm just excited. I'm excited. Ninja turtles are coming out. I think it's a fantastic thing. I think it's, if done right, it could be a really great
1: theme for all I, ages. I think it can certainly be campy and certainly be fun. Yep. So, that's my spill. I'm getting off
0: my soapbox now. I'm excited. No, it's not
1: your soapbox. It's your it's your fan box. You are. Oh, dude, you are. Take my money right now. This is the first theme I've thought.
0: What do I sell to get myself an Ellie? And I haven't even seen the game yet. And I'm always oh. always of the adage. Play it first, then make your decision. Yeah. So. Yeah, me but too. But I, I don't think this is like Iron Maiden, where it sells out in less than a week th- on LE. You are wrong.
1: Do you think? You're flat out wrong. This will sell you out think? faster. Well, they still yes. have Deadpool LEs floating around. No, this will sell out faster. Mm. Yeah. It, It'll they, be interesting. No, classic see. 80s theme, 40, 50-year-old. 40, dudes out there with money um it, it will the LE will sell out and i guarantee you the art package will be fantastic
0: oh i agree i'm i'm intrigued to see like i said i there's a lot of people i think they're in your camp that it's just not there like they don't mind playing it but they it's not something that blows up their skirt
1: sure but it's still yeah it still connects uh, us to our childhood though i it's it, yeah. in many ways and i have said this before I got into pinball to um, to find an escape, an escape that doesn't have to do with with politics. It doesn't have to do with um, it doesn't have to do with any sort of um, left or right or or um, economic or religious or anything like that. It's just it's a, a era where people can get together and say. Hey, you want to play a pinball game? Yeah, me too. Okay, let's go play. And it just kind of simplifies and it's an escape for me. Um, that's what people are looking for in themes that they're looking for an escape that to a simpler time. And if that simpler time happens to be, uh, you know, that 1985 to 1995 era when, yeah, you know, although life was stressful, really, if you compare the stresses you had then compare the stresses you have now, it's nothing. So I think that it, it will sell out uh, if there is an LE. Uh, well, if they do make it, the LE will sell out that day, I guarantee. Yep. Well, we'll see.
0: Um, I don't think we'll see it for a little bit, though, because... No, I, I don't think so. Got...
1: The, the, Stern has too many things in the pipeline.
0: What well, we got? We got Keith L1's next one. We've got Elvira for whoever's making
1: that one. Well, I mean, Brian we, we, Eddie... know, we know who made that one. I mean, it was uh, Dennis Nordman uh, before he left Stern, so... Uh, Do you really think they've kept it the same? I mean, that's been how many years
0: now? Three, four years? Yeah. Why wouldn't they? Mm. I just, I don't know why it's taken so long. And maybe we'll get a story with it. Who knows? Or maybe we'll never know.
1: I think, I think it's just, uh, it's something that they, um, they always have uh, plans for releases and they just have to find the right time. I think they had other games that they were, um, that were a better option And their, their goal is to, you know, Steve, Steve Ritchie said it before. My job is to sell pinball machines. That's Stern's job. Stern's job is to make pinball machines and sell pinball machines. So they're going to go with the, the current pinball machine that will sell the most. Um, And given the right environment, uh, I think that uh, in an October release for uh, Elvira or around then, I think it, it works perfectly. And Dennis Nordman, you know, he did the other one, so it, it makes sense that you would certainly keep it as close to uh, everything he's done. Uh, so it's you know theme appropriate. You're not going to have John Borg design Black Knight, the uh, Black Knight 3000, or Black Knight Swords of Rage. You're going to have Steve Ritchie do it. The other
0: thing that intrigues me now that I'm sitting here thinking about it. So let's let's say Keith ones comes out in two weeks or a week and a half, whenever uh, we have Elvira in the fall. We have Brian Eddy's in the winter. Um, does that put Ninja Turtles in the spring? And if it does, that means they've only been working on it three months. And Keith Ellen said they usually do 13 yeah. to 14 months. So what are we at? Like a Whitewood stage here? Maybe. So what? well they I, I'm just saying it's kind of early for it's kind of early for the rumor just well, idea, it just well and it
1: could it be that they're still just kind of kicking it around as possible themes I, I I'm i uh, you know they've said that George Gomez brings out themes and they talk about them as designers and find out the themes that you know I'm sure Gary and Jody are involved in those and they figure out which themes they think will sell and then they f- try to match a theme with a team and if uh yep. if all those things come together i think i think teenage mutant intro is actually a great um it's a great marketing strategy because i think that you will yes. have uh the fans who are still the the rabid fans I, I i guess it's just hard for me to look at it and say yeah that still connects with me because it doesn't however i'll still play it it's still fun
0: well i think honestly i think it's good from an operator standpoint sure. too. How I many of these are going into arcades that are kids' yeah, kid themes? So. Yeah, exactly. So, um, a split second. Do we want to talk about the Guns N' Roses leak with Slash confirming Guns N' Roses with JJ? Hey, well,
1: I think we've known that for longer. I, I I don't think that's really breaking any new ground. Um, that's been so long rumored. Uh, that in Slash has, he has been a big uh, pinball fan and uh. This is obviously something that he enjoys, so and I, I think it works. I I I be I'm curious to see what JJP does with it, um, because it 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 feels like something that Steve Ritchie should design. Really, uh, it seems yeah. like that that rock, the I mean, it's that visceral, that high octane. But I'd be really curious. I mean, if it, if that's Eric's game. Then I'd be really curious to see what he's going to come up with. Well, let me apologize. He did not confirm that JJP
0: is the one making it. He just said that a Guns N' Roses sure. machine is. I in think the works. it's just
1: always been linked with JJP, and um, and so yeah, is it? I, it would be. It would be interesting to see to see what comes out. I, I'm intrigued. I've, <sighs> Guns N' Roses is an interesting band. I, I they had. They had a supernova first album, which was really yes. the, the glorious sunset of the hair metal age. I mean, the, the Guns N' Roses were the biggest band on the planet, but really they started with a supernova in, uh, in Appetite for Destruction. And then they went with, with Lies, which was kind of a mash of old and new stuff. And then they came out with Use Your Illusion. And then, you know, one and two, and then there was the spaghetti incident, you know, so, and then that, that Chinese democracy that uh, took 10 years to make. So if you really look at their entire catalog, they have one supernova and everything else is average. It it really is. The thing is, though, is the thing is, though,
0: is appetite for destruction defined... A genre no no it, it
1: inspire and I, I agree with you that that is the glorious sunset of that glam rock era and i'm not discounting everything that they did because they were the biggest band on the planet for about four years and then nirvana came and everybody started wearing flannel and turning up the uh, the reverb um so yeah. I, I i'm interested to see what they do there's you yeah, uh, know I think that it's a little more challenging to do a Guns N' Roses pin. That would be uh, for the JJP. Everybody can buy it. Market. Um, yeah. It's certainly not one that I would have in my. I, you, you look at the the Data East one, and there's very few things that would be family friendly for me, anyway, um, or at least uh, well, what do you what do you do? What do you do that's family friendly with that theme? I mean, you, you no, do you, you listen no. to Appetite? Oh, oh yeah, no. And actually, there's some things in there's some there's some music that doesn't age super well. Um, and when you when you listen to it again, you're thinking, wow, there's there's actually some things in here that I think would be challenging for all audiences now. Uh, and I. I, I try not to. I try not to look too much on historical, uh, like hi- historical moments, and try to use you know today's interpretation of morality or today's interpretation of social justice, because I think you get there's a lot of of blur, uh, you know, of fuzzy lines that you get to, because you know okay. I, I'm hoping that. In 30 years, you know, when I'm, when I'm in my seventies and people look back on this time, they're going to have similar things. And so I think you kind of look back and say, yeah, it's, you can, I guess, appreciate it for what it is, but you can also say, it's not really something I want to, to do now. Um, there's a, there's a lot of things like that. You can look at all, all of basically Motley Crue's entire catalog. You could probably say that about, um, there's yeah. a lot of those songs where you're like, ooh, those, I don't think those lyrics fly today. Um, but, you know, I think Molly Crew would make a great pen. <laughs> I really do. Well, and when I was going back through, like, I felt like I,
0: I owed it, since I loved music so much, that I owed it to listen to those classic albums. Yeah. And I listened to Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. And the first time through, I thought, this is the reason they said, Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Oh that is no! Absolutely, that album. No,
1: no. And it is. They are. Um, it is a high octane ride. Uh, I I was talking to one of my friends at work, and she was talking about getting because Guns N' Roses are coming to Utah uh, this fall, and she was talking about bringing the whole family in. <laughs> and uh, and I said, Oof. Yeah, I'd be really interested to see you stand next to your daughter when they start singing "It's So Easy." Um, but, you well, know, Hey, that, again, my, it, <laughs> my
0: Michelle.
1: Yeah, no, I know. But however, uh, she, she watches game of Thrones with her entire family. It's a family affair. So, uh, <laughs> she just kind of laughed and she's like, Oh yeah, no, my, yeah. My, uh, my kids are raised by wolves and they know it. So, uh, yeah, it's, again, it, it's choosing your audience. So I, I think that it's, um, uh, I think the guns and roses pin, there is certainly enough nostalgia, that people will still buy it. Again, you're catering to 40s and 50 year old guys who uh, have some disposable income now and had their heyday, uh, You know their, their nostalgia time, their nostalgia wheelhouse is the, is the 80s right now.
0: Well, and this brings up a, another interesting point that's um, if you were joining us on the Flipping Out stream on Monday, one of the questions that was brought up do you think that the industry is now at a point? That they could make, uh, that they couldn't make a porno pinball machine like a Playboy, and the argument was, is Playboy isn't porn, and da 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 da. But I'm like, I think, I think we're way past that. Like, that's I don't even think that, that's that, a question that we make those kind of pinball machines. You know what I'm saying?
1: I think it would be pretty. T- I think it would be pretty tone deaf in today's uh, environment. Um, I totally agree. It's a, we'll look at Lucy. Well, Lucy yeah, I, I, I think when you look at it, it's I know there's markets for it. Uh, mar- there's markets for you know strip clubs and, and those type of things out there. Um, I don't really think that it's as mainstream as uh, I, I think that you you need to look at your brand. and as Gary said many times on uh, the interview with Martin, they're trying to make Stern a lifestyle brand. And so I don't yeah. think that they would want to merge a Stern lifestyle brand with a Playboy lifestyle brand. And it really is mm-hmm. a different market. Um, yes, really there's is. certainly going to be some overlap. I mean, obviously, obviously, sex sells. That's, that we. it has been proven time and time again. Um, but that stereotype of... Um, I guess th- I, I really, I, am I'm, I'm trying not to get too much into social justice warrior discussions because that's not really my thing. And I know other, uh, no, other podcasts, really uh, feel thing. more. Yeah. yeah. And, and they feel more impassioned about that. And, and that's fine. I, I, you know, pick your lane and, and embrace it. Uh, I guess I will say that in today's environment, I would think, um, a Playboy theme would come across as an empowered man with a, um, with a female who's used as more of a sex object than a partner. And I think that that would really sound very tone deaf, tone deaf in today's environment. Um, You know, it's, uh, (laughs) it's obvious that that type of entertainment is still out there. And even I would say more aggressive Versions of that type of entertainment with uh, video streaming now than certainly was ever um, envisioned by the original founders of Playboy. But I just, again, I don't think that with all the other options for themes out there, why would you ever consider that?
0: I don't know. And that's why I thought it was an interesting question. I don't see I any. Mean, yeah. I just, I don't
1: like it. Maybe. With you. I, I, I think that that stuff. Happening. Yeah, I, I, um, Europe certainly has a different view of sexuality, and so maybe it would fly over there. But I just I do not see that as being something that flies over here. Yeah. So, so it, it would it wouldn't be. My let's thing. move on from. I, I guess I'll put it that way.
0: Yeah. So let's move on from that subject now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that I've took a few left turns talk in about there. Some, uh, Yeah, I know. Welcome to my brain. Yeah. It's a stream of consciousness. (laughs) So so next on my notes, we've got Dutch Pinball. And Yop's out. Uh, I hope his condition gets better. Um, But it sounds like Barry's going to go ahead and go on, press on. They lost the court case. um, But it sounds like he's still going to try to make it work with ARA. They're going to try to do something that would eliminate... The, the way that the court stuff went um, but he's asking twelve five for the remaining 40 or ish I don't know big Lebowski's and my my understanding is these wouldn't go to the pre-order people the one that backed it it would go to people that want to pay the twelve five, so that that way they could build more big Lebowski's to
1: give to the pre-order people
0: that doesn't make any sense to me
1: Oh, see, it actually does make sense to me because they're broke. So they can either fold up shop or they can sell the machines, get some revenue, and then they can continue to simultaneously sell new machines and build the old machines. So they're basically building new revenue while clearing out old debt, um, it really is the only way forward. I I'm doubtful that this will do anything. Um, I think that people have um, have felt so the whole thing on this project has turned sour, and I think that even people who their dream theme is The Big Lebowski, uh, maybe uh, now I will say that you know Joe on head to head. I mean, Joe's a top 50 player and he said, the game shoots fantastically. So is it possible that people will still go all in and buy this because it is a well-designed game? Maybe. Uh, I, I don't see anybody giving them a dime without having the machine ready and with a, with a certified packing invoice. Because there's no goodwill whatsoever, and there's no faith in the company. So the chance of, I I think it is a Hail Mary and the last opportunity for them to actually make anything of this company, I'm doubtful it'll do do anything.
0: I agree. I I just, I don't think there's enough faith there from anyone in the community to put their money, especially that much money right now, into it.
1: Yeah, so, the, I think the, the only way to resurrect a bad situation like that is really what, um, what Deep Root's doing in that I mean, John Papaduke went through a similar flame war with just him not even making a game. I mean, at least Big Lebowski made a game, right? Um, yeah, um, yeah. With Magic Girl, he, he didn't even get to a, a functional whitewood. that's how bad it was and with deep root buying basically coming in and hiring him but knowing that that would be a firestorm and so giving people the option of fulfilling a game through deep root i see that as the only way of resurrecting it and so unless dutch pinball has a similar sort of angel investor that comes in and helps them resurrect it there's no chance they're ever going to, um, they're ever going to resurrect their reputation. I mean, it, it's I it agree. feels like a relationship that's turned sour and and you went through a divorce and now you're you're you know you're texting your ex and saying hey you want to get back together? Yeah. I, I just I think that's unlikely to be long term. I agree. Well, speaking, I, I of wish them the best. I hope. <laughs> Yeah. I, well, I, I I really do wish them the best and I hope that something happens out of it. And I think that it's never a good thing when a pinball company goes belly up. I think it's always good if there are niches for multiple, um, multiple manufacturers, because I think they all drive each other to make a better product. So I I wish them the best. I'm doubtful well
0: speaking of texting your ex I'm moving on because this this story just has gotten so old to me with Dutch pinball but moving on texting your ex we want to congratulate head to head on their hundredth ep- episode and Ryan was back and it was kind of funny because it was they joked that he was the ex-girlfriend coming back um mm-hmm. but hey they made it, they made it work it was like stepmom and biological mom and dad all getting yeah. together to Give the best Christmas ever to us kids.
1: Well, yeah, no, that's all. I mean, really, uh, I mean, we know that Ryan kind of stepped away because I think that um, this is me projecting. I think he enjoyed the podcast, but with anything, there's drama, and I th- and just as I said, why I get into pinball is to is to avoid you know drama, flame wars, and I'm just trying to have a good time. I think that it was difficult for ryan to do that and do the podcast at the same time so i really with with um ryan's blessing uh, martin transitioned to joe which i think is a great uh, it's a great transition ryan's certainly always welcome back yeah. and and uh, th- it's a great podcast that we're still trying to chase their example because they do such a great job i'm not nearly as funny as ryan and i'm not nearly as funny as martin so i agree
0: well, not that you're not as funny as that, yeah. but I agree with what you've said about their podcast. Yeah.
1: And and really I <laughs> so. I wanted so badly to enter in for the Penn Stadium Lights, but I just didn't feel that I could do it because I was like, Oh, because I know Martin and I felt that if if my name was drawn, I'd think, Oh, it's I kinda stuffed the ballot, even though I didn't, but uh anyway, congratulations <laughs> to their uh their stuffed balloter. So It was awesome. So Yeah.
0: Uh, and also congratulations guys on getting that Gary Stern interview. That was fantastic. I don't think anyone else in this industry no. has done anything that epic in my opinion. and it just it was great. It, you know, they got stuff out of
1: him instead of the typical Gary Stern interview responses. They just it was, it, it was a it was a great one. i I thought that guy kind of turned into a drinking game every time he talked about Stern being a lifestyle brand. <laughs> but yeah, hey. <laughs> You know That's Gary's move. Uh, Gary's move is to try to, to monetize and, and work things forward. And I, I think it, was, it, it certainly showed in his mind that ultimately he's a business guy who's trying to move product. And that's the whole point of, yeah. of keeping the line going. So they're the ones who are currently the most successful at it.
0: So my question to you is I know that um, a lot of people have said that head-to-head has kind of sloped off. But I want to do a prediction mm-hmm. right now um let's talk twippies it's it's july i mean we're still six months away right i still think head-to-head is a top contender along with the others for uh
1: this year's yeah i i I would put uh, them as the as the one to be they're the ones who seem to do i one they're the most consistent podcast that i listen to and they're the ones who Mm -hmm they really have solid takes on things and, and, you know, I, I enjoy listening to them. There's so many podcasts out there, including ours. So um, I, I think that they are the, um, they're the go-to right now uh, I that I, yeah. I feel when I'm thinking, Oh, what do I want to listen to? Um, that's not taking away from any of the other podcasts I listen to. Uh, I, uh, it just seems that head to heads doing something on a, It's a more entertaining, but uh, educational level. I I don't know how else to describe it. Yep.
0: I agree. Well, and I just think that there is a lot of quality podcasts out there. I really wonder what is going to happen with, because one of the ones that have hit the radar that's done fantastic this year is This Week in Pinball's personal podcast. Mm -hmm. But how does that work with a Twippy? like? is there going to be controversy surrounding that? I mean, it uh, is I, I don't
1: Me, it's something we don't worry about until okay. we get to that bridge. But. I, I don't know. I, it's, it's such a small thing I and mean, it's, this is, uh, this is just people voting and I, I really, I can't see it being a big deal on any level. Um, it, it, I'm sure it feels good if you win one uh, and <laughs> I guarantee we're not going to win one. Uh, but I think no, that I'm, it's, I'm even, um, yeah, yeah, but but you know what I mean, I, I, I don't, is it is it possible, but man, if, if you're complaining that a podcast that's getting zero revenue and zero money, other than maybe a hundred dollars Patreon, um, and, and they stuff the ballot for uh, basically, a, I don't want to say a fake award, but just a, hey, a popularity contest, no, I, I don't see it being a big deal.
0: Yeah, no, oh, good point, so... It's going to be interesting. We'll see what happens. You know, words usually fly when we get to that time of the season. And we haven't been a part of those words this, you know, we've only been going since January. So, um, yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting as it always is. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. But well, before we get going, um, we have got these sweet freaking hats. Um, and I want to give away one. We do have them now in small slash medium or in large slash extra large. Uh, if you did see dead flip was wearing our hat and it looked very snug and perfect on his head. He said it, it fits great and he, he loves it. Um, we also sent one off to Steve Ritchie and to Keith Elwin and they're both loving theirs as well. We've got theirs emails back saying they are awesome. Um, but anywho enough about that. Let's, let's give one of these bad boys away. So I was talking to Scott before the podcast of how we're going to do this. Um, anyone that has liked our page or does like our page in the next two weeks will be automatically entered in to the contest. Um, we will only mail these to uh, the 48 States. I don't know what it is to ship it
1: to, but we'll look at Alaska and Hawaii. I don't know. Um, but- We'll check out shipping. <laughs> rates. If, sh- it co- if it costs more than 20 bucks. Yeah. If it costs more than 20 bucks, sorry, you're not getting a hat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we we looked at shipping one to Australia, and one hundred
0: and ten dollars is not our cup of tea. So, <laughs> but if you're willing to pay the shipping, we'll go that far. How about that? If you if you're willing to pay the shipping, we will ship you the hat. Or if if you win it and you do live in Australia, but you're gonna be here for like Pinberg or whatever, we'll see what we can do. So
1: we'll but figure it out. You know what? How about is, this? We'll give you we'll give you a hat and shipping up to twenty dollars. Okay, sounds like a plan. So.
0: Like our page, they'll give you one, one entry. If you leave us a review, um, that'll give you another entry. The thing with the reviews though, it's hard to tell like on Apple. Cause it's just a star thing and it doesn't actually leave a name next to it. So if you will like send us a screenshot to the loser kid pinball podcast at gmail.com, just saying, Hey, here's my picture. I did the review. Awesome. And then, yeah. So every Every
1: like, every review is an entry. So easy enough. So, uh, you know, what? sounds good. And I, I, I would actually even prioritize and say that if you've liked it, you get one. If you give us a review, you get two more. So you get three for your efforts. And obviously five stars work. But you know what? This is a free country. And do whatever your heart dictates.
0: I will just put this out. We, we, uh, we strive to put out a good product. I know that we, I will tell you what, I am impressed with the quality of some of the other podcasts. We're definitely not up to their standard, but we're doing what we love. And if you love what we're doing then give us five stars,
1: simple as that. So, um, and if you have suggestions, go ahead and send them in. Josh, jo- Josh, reads them all. I don't have yeah, to read we- them. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, we're happy to hear your, your
0: comments, questions, concerns, compliments, constructive criticism, whatever it is, Um, Sugge- suggestions. We've had a yeah. couple people, right? Yeah. And so, um, I just want to give a quick shout out to special when lit they did their one year anniversary episode, just a couple episodes back. Uh, fantastic first season they're calling it season one and now they're on season two. Fantastic job, boys. You guys are doing great. Ken and Bill, you're killing it. Um, there's another podcast raising the standard man between them and this week in pinball and head to head we're just it, it's insane for the rest of us to live up to that so you guys are doing great uh also a couple of podcasts coming since we've so. actually
1: we yeah we're
0: all chasing another couple podcasts have come out uh Lauren Gray with the back box pinball podcast if you haven't checked her out it's very awesome uh all ladies podcast she's the host and then she interviews female co-hosts so Good interview uh, slash pinball podcast. Check it out. So, uh, I think that's all I had on my plate. Is there anything else you want to talk um, about?
1: Yeah. Oh, let's talk. Yeah, about you, you were talking about yeah. different uh, things. So, actually, I I had an impulse sell today, and um, I I actually have a uh, I have a Terminator that I'm looking at selling, and it's a it's your typical Terminator. It's functional. It's it's been routed. Uh, but it's been, uh, um, my friend's been pin sitting it for a while and I figured, you know what, it's, it's time to, uh, to sell that and find a new home for it. It's not going to come back into my collection. Um, so I, I don't know, I guess I'm looking at moving that along. Um, I have a friend who I bought a lot of my really nice pins from. He is the one who said he was interested in the Terminator. And then he saw it he's like, yeah, it's, and it's, it's routed. So it's not that home use only, which I don't know of any Terminator that would be. Um, but he said, um, yeah, you should sell me your X-Men. And I actually bought it from him. So, and he's, he knows the, uh, it's, it's the nicest X-Men you'll ever see. It, uh it has a lot of mods and it looks really cool. And I thought, you know what? I have Tron and I have X-Men and they're very similar games and I, there are other games that I'd like to try. so I said, sure, go ahead. Um, So I'm going to be moving that on. Uh, Nice. Yeah. I, you know, I wasn't really anticipating. I think it's a beautiful game. I I do love the look of the game, but I find I just don't play it as much. And so maybe it's time to find another home and maybe he buys it for a while and maybe I buy it back from him. I don't know. Um, I did, uh, there was a, um, on the page here, there was a, um, uh, there was a laser war that came up. So, uh, I, bu- uh, it said it was functional. So I bought it and it was $400 and of course it's not. So I'm actually going to take that up to a, um, <laughs> to a pinball, uh, like the pinball mechanic who's here locally. And I'm, I, he does high quality work and I try to make sure I keep him, um, I don't really have time to work on a lot of these big issues. I can do small issues, um, but having him, uh, you know, taking it up to him and say, "Hey, go over it, figure it out," and and so that laser war, which is it's really a fantastically bad art package um, from the late seventies. It really is. It's it's, it's it's a lady with really fierce eye shadow. Um, and, uh, so I'll be doing that. And there's a genie that, uh, Jeff Rivera has moved on. And so that will spend some time here. So, uh, I, I don't really mix up my collection that much. So I was a little surprised that I'm selling two games and getting two cheaper ones that just at least to try for a while and probably move those on to, uh, I feel that I've had my collection long enough that, um, I feel that I'm okay to, uh, to pin around a little bit to buy and sell games. I was always surprised that people were able to buy and sell games. And I, I think I've reached that point where I said, you know what, it's, you don't have to buy something and have it forever. It just doesn't, uh, it, my attitude is if you have that grail pin, it's still out there. It's not like it's, it's unobtainable. You will eventually find someone who has it in their home collection and says, yeah. Um, okay. It's time to move that on and then you'll be able to pick it up. So yeah, that's, that's finding a new home. And I actually have a really nice twilight zone. That's been in my garage sadly for a year. And so that will make it <laughs> make its way downstairs. I know it's pathetic, right? So no, nah, it's not too bad, man. Yeah. Actually, that reminds me. I should probably. I've got a pinball machine that's been in my garage for five years. Yeah, well, that is uh, your. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Actually, that reminds me. I should probably go and change the batteries on it. (laughs) So, um, yeah. So, uh, what about you? My
0: my collections pretty much stayed the same. I'm trying. The problem is, is it's the hot time of the season, so I'm working like crazy amounts of overtime right now. Um, So I've barely even got to turn on my pinball machines, but I had an offer someone knew that i have been looking for a wizard of Oz for forever now. And I it just, it kills me because right now I, I just can't, um, if it was any other time in my life, we're, we're selling my home or building a new home. We've bought land. I mean, we're just, we're trying to figure out where to store the four I have. And it's like, where the, how the crap are we going to store that one on top of all
1: of it? And so it's just, what do you do? And so, um, yeah you. Know, here, here's my here's my take and i told you before you mentioned it and i said well let me give you my take on the on the podcast my take is that pin's going to be out there um not really the best use of your money right now so i i would move on and you yeah. could even consider selling uh one or two of your games uh, if you need the money um they uh If you remember uh, Don uh, from, you know, Don and Jeff with the original pinball podcast, he had a Wizard of Oz and he finally sold it so he can do some landscaping. So I think that you're probably going to be in that same boat where building a house is way more expensive than you think. Um, Well,
0: and here's, here's the other big thing, too. And don't tell my wife I told you guys this. She's not. I am again. deathly afraid to get this thing in my collection. No, no, no. Okay. I'm deathly afraid to get this in my collection, mm-hmm. and then it never is allowed oh. to leave. Like, don't get me wrong. I enjoy Wizard of Oz. It's a fantastic game. It's pretty fun. But I get in moods sometimes. I'm like, I'm done with it. I'm ready to move on. I don't think I'll be allowed to move on from this one.
1: So yeah, that's kind of your wife's Grail pin, <laughs> right? Now? So I would hold off a little bit on that. Yeah, I I have. Uh, my wife has a well. There's three of my pins that, that she said you can't sell. Um, one's Wizard of Oz. One is um, Attack from Mars. Oh, actually, I guess there's four. Uh, Attack from Mars, Wizard of Oz, Medieval Madness, and Stern Pirates of the Caribbean. So those are her gotcha. games that she likes to play. And so, um, yeah, th- those aren't moving. So I, I have to
0: see and i'd be i'd be fine with that yeah
1: <laughs> but with with limited
0: space right now i don't want to be taking up with that space yeah like as soon as we get the house built the basement's ready i'd be totally fine yeah. with throwing a waz down there
1: so, yeah th- there's a few games where i would i would love to have at some point um you know wizard of Oz or not wizard of oz lord of the rings is one of those um i have a good friend who lives two miles away who uh, is one of my partners at work and he has uh, he's the one that has the amazing uh, bally williams collection so he has uh, a beautiful one so i can always play that and so i i thought there's no point in me uh, getting one right now uh, we don't need to have matching sets of everything uh, we already have uh, about four that well i guess three we have me- have medieval madness we have um attack from mars uh, that over and for a while he had uh, pirates of the caribbean but other than that, we have pretty different collections. So, i I would like to. Uh, I don't know. I am not sure uh, where I'll go next. Uh, but I think that it'll be nice to kind of mix it up a little bit.
0: I agree. Well, and, and the thing, honestly, the pinball machines I'm looking for right now. I do want an early Stern. I'm looking at. Hey, have maybe... a laser
1: war after I fix it up. <laughs>
0: I'm good. I don't want a laser war. I want like a meteor. We we just recently had the Salt Lake Gaming Con and someone had a Quicksilver there, which I don't want a Quicksilver because if I'm gonna spend that kind of money, I'm gonna get a different pinball game machine. A new one. But they had a yeah. Quicksilver there. Yeah. Uh they had a stars there. Um those games play fantastically. I got addicted. It was one of those things where it's just like one more game. Mm-hmm. One more game. And so I really think uh, – I have a gentleman that I know that he collects the classic Sterns and stuff like that, and he's got a Meteor he's going to get rid of soon, he said, and uh, I'll be really? the first person on his list. So Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I can justify the 800 bucks. Yeah, Meteor. no, I and I would totally <laughs> and buy that too. Yeah, Set it up my parent's. Yeah, yeah, and have someone pin set it or sit it or something. You know what I'm saying? So. Well, that's one um, that we'll have to pass yeah. around
1: a little bit because I want to spend some time with Meteor too. I, I wouldn't mind getting a Stars. Wouldn't mind getting a Meteor. Um, yeah, even some of the the other wide ones. I uh, I'm really looking forward to getting the Genie just because it's a fun game. I just, I know it's it, it's beautiful. It's fun and it's just different. Uh, so I, I really liked having that variety in my collection. Um, so I'm looking forward to that.
0: I agree. So, um, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up for what we were talking about. A uh, quick preview. We're going to have Bowen on here soon. Uh, he's been in Utah. We've been trying to get with him to do a recording. It's just been chaos for all of us. Um, but we're going to get him on. Um, we've talked to some other people, head to head. We're probably going to get them on here soon too. And, uh, yeah, we've, we got a couple more in the pipeline that we're excited about. Uh, we don't want to be strictly interview, but we enjoy having them on the other guys and just BSing. Uh, we've, we had so much good response with the Keith L one interview. It's like, why not? Yeah. I, you know?
1: I think it's nice so. to, to be able to at least pick their brains. I, I, you and I have a different approach to, to asking some questions than other people, um, That it's mainly questions that I've, I've listened to the other interviews and I think those are all great. And you guys filled up, filled up, um, most of the, I I guess the, the common questions. And so I've been able to think, well, what else is out there? So it's been, it's been really fun to talk to some of these legends, um, that they're willing to come on and talk with us. And so we've really appreciated that. Um, and yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to, to talking to Bowen and talk about uh, him being involved with uh, with Replay and uh, Pinberg. And uh, I don't know, I, I'm curious to find out the challenges of him. Uh, he's a he's a top level player, and and, and I would argue elite. Um, since right now there's no Papa competition, does he feel conflicted that Pinberg is the elite competition that? it's his so he can't actually compete in it uh, I don't know I, I, I'm just curious about that and if you have any other questions that you want to uh, submit and have us uh, talk about with him uh, I'm sure he would love to answer those um, he's certainly always been friendly to us uh, even when we were uh, new in the um, new in the hobby uh, I'd send him a message uh, occasionally until I finally actually got the uh, courage to ask him to be a friend on Facebook um, but yeah, he he's always responded and it's been nice to me. So anyway, uh, if you guys have anything else to to question us, we will love to pass it on. Yeah, for sure. And
0: remember, we do. Uh, you can send us uh, emails at loserkidpinballpodcast at gmail dot com. Um, honestly, one of the quickest ways to get our responses through Facebook. We do now have an Instagram. I don't know what we're gonna post, but it seems like more people are following us on Instagram than we are on Facebook. So. Yeah. whatever works. Um, and, and you don't, um, you don't really have quickly, to, want to this. you don't
1: also don't have to win a, uh, if uh, you don't have to win a hat, if you want one, we actually bought some extras and we will sell them. Uh, we're basically just selling them for price. So if you want them, we'd love to uh, sell them and send them out to you. So I, th- I think they're actually great looking hats. Yep. I, I, and Josh did a great you, job of choosing the high quality oh, hats. I, I never like the ones that um, when I saw Stern's hat, the original one, I thought, I'm, I'm not really that interested in it because it looked kind of like a, a cheaper trucker hat. And then I just spontaneously bought one at uh, the Denver uh, show, and I love it. It's a great hat, and Josh picked out one that was similar quality, so I, I really like wearing it. So,
0: Well, like it's, I don't know if, if you guys have read our, our post on it, but it is the new era hats. It's like what the all the professional sports teams use for their product. Um, it's just a nice, comfortable hat. Everyone that's wore it loves it. So if you want one, hit us up. If you want to wait till we're in person, if you want to come to one of the shows that we hit up, you can wait till then too. So, um, and I think we'll be doing, um, uh, we'll do some more stuff in the future too, besides hats. But that's what we're going with right now. We figured it's something different. Everyone else is doing t-shirts. We'll do that. Yeah, I
1: think, I think so. hats is something you can wear all the time. T-shirts is something you wear, uh, You know, a couple times a year, especially when you're exercising and your uh, actual t-shirts are, um, the ones you exercise in are dirty. (laughs) Possibly. Or it's what you wear to a
0: pinball event because it says pinball on it. Well, you represent, man, you represent. Exactly. So, uh, one last thing, uh, not that anyone has said that we've offended them, but if, if we have said something that uh, you feel like we've stepped on your toes and whatnot, just reach out to us. Uh, nothing we've said is with the intent to offend or to,
1: uh, hurt your feelings. I don't know. We, Uh, we, our goal is is a low drama pinball podcast. Other people may, may want more in their life. This is not why I'm doing this. So, yeah. So we want to be here
0: for the pure enjoyment of pinball. Um, and like I said, there's a lot, there, there is a lot of, uh, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. I'm not going to go any further. Cause if I go any further, I'll probably step on some toes. So, <laughs> so once again, reach out to us, loser kid, pinball podcast at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, SoundCloud, whatever your heart's desire. And don't forget to enter that contest by hitting the like button at Facebook and sending a, a review via Facebook or whatever podcast app you use to listen to us. Uh, thanks for listening to us. We really appreciate it. It's, it's been a fun ride so far and we're really like, okay, uh, see you soon. All right. See you there, man.